This is The Program with Andrew Walker and Scott Rintoul. Let's bring in our uh, weekly insider, Elliot Friedman, to the conversation. Hockey Night in Canada, 31 Thoughts. And 31 Thoughts, the podcast, the new uh, 31 Thoughts edition will be coming up uh, after the first round. One game to go, and it's Toronto and Boston in uh, in Game 7. Uh, Crosby, Ovechkin, they're going to meet up for a fourth time. Uh, Elliot, would you like, is this Ovechkin's? And I know it, it goes deeper than one guy, but is is this Ovechkin's biggest series to date in his life, in his career? You know, Andrew, I, I think in some ways that's already passed. Um, you know, I, I just think at this point in time, the expectation is that Pittsburgh. And I'm not saying it's necessarily. I think the general public looks at it and says Pittsburgh's going to win. Yep. Sure. And you know what the most interesting thing is, is that I think a lot of people felt that Washington was going to win last year. And when they were up and in control of the series, uh, like when they, or when they, before they played game seven, I think a lot of people really felt Washington was going to win, that Pittsburgh was reeling and that was going to be it. Um, but I am surprised at the amount of people who told me today, they think this could be Washington's year because of all the trouble they've endured to kind of get here and the way they play now. Um, but I just think people look at it as, you know what, his biggest window probably closed. And I don't, like, if, he, if they win, it's an enormous victory for them as an organization, him as a player. But I don't think the expectation is there for them to win as it has been at certain points in the past. I think I don't know too many people who just pick them in, in this series head to head anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, Elliot, because they get through this series by winning four straight games after dropping the first two at home. And there were so many yep. people who had written them off at that point in time. And there were people who were already after Barry Trotz for his decision to start Grubauer in this series. Do we say, this would have been over sooner had he gone to Holtby, or do we give him a little more credit that he gave himself a card to play? You know, I don't. I probably wouldn't answer it either way, Scott. I look at it a little differently this year. You know, the last couple of years, Washington was built for the last two seasons, last year and the year before. They knew they had some big salary decisions they had to make, Kuznetsov, a few other guys, and they they were built to win the last two years. And when they lost last year, particularly the way they lost with you know, Pittsburgh really struggling in heading into Game 7, um, I think it rocked their organization. You know, I, I really do. I think there was a long hangover. The scars were very deep. And it really affected them going into this year. I think this Washington team didn't necessarily have great expectations for this year because they were so disappointed by what happened a year ago. And they, they, they weren't as deep. They had to change their personnel. Um, you know, that forced them to kind of change the way they played. Both the GM and the coach came into this season with uh, no term left on their contracts. The GM got an extension. The coach didn't. Um, I think there was a lot going on. And I think in a lot of ways, this Washington organization had to really change. I don't know. if the, I think they changed the way they played. You know, the teams that have played against them say they scored a lot more 
greasier goals this year. But I think they had their whole emotional outlook on things kind of changed. And I just think that they had to fight and scratch and claw for everything this year. Not only the organization, but the players and even the superstars. And I just think that they really had to battle. I think Trotz had to battle. I think Holtby had to battle. I think Ovechkin and Backstrom had to battle. I mean, they probably had they probably had less guys up for awards this year than they have at any point in the past five or six years. I, I think the whole group, it just changed for them this year. And it was the regular season wasn't as easy. They had to gut it out. And I don't know if it's going to mean anything at the end. We'll find out in seven games. But they had to battle this year like they haven't had to battle in quite some time. Elliot Friedman joining the program with Walker and Rintoul on Sportsnet 650. There is no shame in losing to a very talented Washington Capitals squad. However, Columbus was up 2-0 in this series, heading home. They lose four straight. They've still never won a playoff series. They've still never won a home playoff game. Is there any fallout in Columbus after this? You know, I think the biggest, like, they just had their exit meetings today, and the, and the front office, I guess, is going to go tomorrow. To me, the biggest question is Bobrovsky. You know, he's a great goalie. He is. Um, and he always gets you into the playoffs every year. And in this league, that's not insignificant. However, you know, they, they haven't won around with him. And I saw his quotes after last night. He said, look, uh, this one shouldn't come. He basically said, and there's always a question with language, but he basically said, you know, I'm not at fault for this one. I don't want to hear any talk about how I need to see a psychologist or anything like that. But they've got to pay him in a year. You know, he's an unrestricted free agent after next season. You know, he's getting older. I still think he's a great goalie. But to me now, he's the biggest decision they have to make. Because if you want to sign him, it's going to cost you a big number and or big term. And if I'm the Columbus Blue Jackets, I'm looking at this right now and I'm going, okay, we know he's going to get us into the playoffs, but we don't know after that. And I think that is a huge philosophical discussion mm. on how much that makes them work. I, work. I think that is the biggest question that they're going to have to face is what they want to commit financially to Sergei Bobrovsky. Elliot Freeman joins us, Hockey Night in Canada, and uh, 31 Thoughts brought to you by the all-new 2018 GMC Terrain. Uh, the cap is so important and, and percentage of what guys eat up, but I, I'm really fascinated with, with how that lends into goaltending, like you just said. Uh, we're seeing the Leafs ride with Freddie Anderson, who isn't perfect, but he but he's had a great year. He's he's stolen yep. three games in this series, and they're paying him five million. And and you get what you pay for a little bit, but a five million Freddie Anderson is so much easier to build around than a ten million dollar carry price, right? And and I I really think teams really have to. Um, more so than any ever before, say, how much do we want to spend on our goaltending? Because if you have great young players, well, you're, you're just, we know what you're going to pay them. You're paying them through the roof, and that's how it is. Goalies feel like a little different to me. 
you know, Andrew, there is a, that has been talked about a lot over the past few years. You know, Detroit, when they had that great D, that was kind of the way they felt for a while. Now, they ended up getting Hoshik, and, you know, you have to pay him, but um, I know that there was a while that they, you know, they saved a little bit of money in goal, and they, you know, and they, they were an organization that did believe that. When they had a great defense, they talked about, can we spend less money in goal? And, you know, I think that that debate comes up. And then one GM once said to me, you go that route until you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it comes down to, like, like Carey Price, like his, his contract looked bad this year. He didn't have a good year. It looked bad. But, you know, two years ago, nobody would have been complaining about that contract. I remember when Henrik Lundqvist signed his big extension, some people, you know, ripped that. But, you know, he's been worth every penny to this point. I think it depends on who you have. To me, the question is not about... The question about Bobrovsky is, look, if Columbus decides they want to pay him, for argument's sake, $8 million a year, I get it, because somebody might. But I just think, I, I, you know, you, you have you, everybody has to decide what somebody's value is, right? Mm-hmm. And financially... Bobrovsky makes you money at this point in time. You sell merchandise, you get that your team's good, you sell tickets, your TV ratings go up, you get into the playoffs, you get playoff dates. There's a lot to like about having, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky as your goalie. But now he's at what, $7 million now? I don't think he's going to be asking for anything less. And he's getting getting older, and I just think you know you you look at it, Andrew. Like the question I have though is, what's the alternative? Like Corpusalo is their backup. Can he do what Bobrovsky does for them? No, he can't. I don't think. So I think that's the other issue there. You've got to have a backup plan. And what is your backup plan? And your backup plan could be all right, as you say. We're not going to pay our goalie $8 million. We're going to pay him 3 or 4 Well, that's great on paper, but what if that guy isn't as good? Then you're losing everywhere. So I, I think your idea works in theory. The question is, does it work in practice? Elliot Freeman joins us. Uh, Sportsnet 650, Walker Rintoul. Been a, a crazy couple of days, obviously, in Toronto. And, and um, if it just so happens, it's it's amazing how the schedule works. So Leafs play a game seven tomorrow. I, we just watched the, the Jays' moment of silence here against the Red Sox. And literally every Toronto sports team under the sun plays tomorrow. And, uh, yeah. and, and they're all pretty big games. Can you describe what the last couple of days and the next 24 hours will be like? Well, you know, Andrew, you know the city. Um, you know, like the area of Toronto where the van attack happened is North York, and that's where I was born. That's where I grew up. That's where we live. That's where I've lived most of my life. Our house where my family lives is just west of uh, where the attack was. My wife and I were uh, out for lunch yesterday. You can see the restaurant where we were in, uh, in some of the photos, and we were left about probably a half hour before the attack happened. So it's very close to home for us. 
Um, you know, I have to admit, I had moments last night where I really wasn't enthused about being on the air. Um, it didn't, you know, there was, you know, I had no problem with, with, with Toronto playing. Like, everybody handles things differently. But there were moments during that game last night where my head just wasn't in it. Right. Um, you know, I, you know, Andrew, like, it's, uh, it, 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 you know, I, like, we found out today that, you know, one of the victims, she was a volunteer at Tennis Canada. Well, that's an event that I've covered a lot and worked a lot over the years. Um, it really stinks. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And uh, um, the one thing about it is, like, you know, everybody makes fun of Toronto. And I, I get it. Like, I, I think it's funny, too. Like, sometimes Torontonians were, you know, you can joke that we're, we're, we're self-centered or we need the Army to come in when we've got too much snow. But the fact is, we're a city with big heart, and uh, we'll help the people that were affected, and we'll get through this together. And uh, But there's no question that yesterday was not an easy day for a lot of us, because it's brutal. And uh, when it, it's, it's one thing when it happens, it's another thing when it happens to your city. And uh, like I said, there were, there were a few moments last night during the game when I really didn't feel like being on air myself. Well, Elliot, I can tell you that as much fun as this fan base has with Leafs Twitter and going back and forth with you, I can tell you that speaking for the city, and I think this is one case where I can do that, everybody here is on board with Toronto. They might not be Leafs fans, but everybody is feeling the pain and hoping they can help in some way. And if there's any other city that can relate, it's the one that Toronto will be in tomorrow night. Boston Strong was a thing not very long ago, and while the Bruins and Leafs will wage war on the ice, I think that city understands exactly what Toronto is going through in these in these hours. Yeah, I, you know, it's true. And I, I thought, like, I don't think that Ron Hainsey and Patrice Bergeron, like what they said last night, um, I don't think it was, uh, like, I, I asked Kyle about it post-game, and he said it wasn't really planned, but, like, they, they went to the PR guys for both teams, and they kind of said, uh, you know what, like, how do you want to handle it uh, pregame? And they just said, you know what, um, we'll let uh, the players will figure it out. They know what to do. And they were both great. You know, Hainsey in particular, I thought, was was outstanding. And as for Vancouver, I mean, you know, Scott, I think we all totally get that. Like, it's a big rivalry, Toronto and Vancouver. Uh, you know, the Canucks and the Leafs. They may not play in the same conference, but the games against each other are always heated and they're always great. And it goes back to 94 and everything that, and that great series between the two teams. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we know, I, I think we know that even though we like to make fun of each other, at the end of the day, like we're all Canadians and uh, it's the greatest country in the world. And the reason it's the greatest country in the world is because people will pull each other through. And that's, that's it at the end of the day. Leafs and Canucks, not rivals this Saturday when it comes to the draft lottery, of course. And the fans here just crossing their fingers, toes, anything they can, Elliot. You know the draft history of the Vancouver Canucks, the lottery, lack of luck that this franchise has had. But there are a lot of other franchises praying right now that Rasmus Dahlin lands in their lap. If you were to rank the three teams that need to win this lottery the most, how would you rank them? Um, you know, so just for those of you who are unaware, Scott sent me that question earlier today so I would have time to think about it. And my initial reaction was all of them. Uh, but, you know, I, I know I can't, that would be a very lame answer and I can't submit that. So here's what I came up with. I, I think the three teams in alphabetical order 
that need it the most are Buffalo, Montreal, and Vancouver. And the reason I, I picked that was because, you know, the Sabres, um, that, that's a great ho- a hockey market. It's not a Canadian market, but it might as well be. And their fans have had a lot of losing lately, a lot of losing. And I think that that is a fantastic fan base that deserves something to cheer about. And I think they're looking at tearing that team down right to the studs. And you know what? Like, if they get Deline, that makes it easier for them to do. Montreal, I mean, we don't have to add any more. Like, that's just a franchise that has been embattled. It's been going a long way for quite a wrong way for quite a while now. And uh, it's been going a wrong way for quite a while now. And I think Mark Bergevin, he needs a victory. And, you know, Vancouver, you know, I, I put you guys there. Um, I just think that, you know, hey, I, I, we know that the Canucks fan base is intense. We know the Canucks fan base uh, hasn't uh, always been happy with things that have gone on lately. I, I think your franchise needs a win. Um, I, and you know what? I think, like, if, if Vancouver gets him, like, of all the teams in the lottery, you know, Chicago's different. Like, they have a lot of great players. If they win the lottery, you know what? They're going to be a lot better very quick, and I think people understand that. But of all the teams that haven't been great lately, the one – I look at Vancouver, and it's not going to be immediate. But all of a sudden, you're sitting there with Deline, Patterson, Dolan, uh, Besser, Horvat. And you're sitting there and you're saying, maybe not in 2019, but by 2021, where are we? Like, it, it really creates some a jolt of excitement. So I look at Vancouver and I say, if they win this, I think you could, you could be really excited about where you are in two, three years. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, you've coined the phrase, it is uh, the most important day on the hockey calendar. And we'll be uh, doing a show live on uh, on Saturday. Saturday, so it should be fun. Elliot, thanks for this. Uh, we appreciate it, and and uh, have a good night. Sportsnet 650.